You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual, with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm Willie Nylandered out, Naz. I'm, uh, enough is I, enough. I, I had enough of this story. But we're still going to be talking about him again. <laughs> uh, we're certainly going to chat a little bit about it on the show today, <laughs> uh, uh, just to let our listeners know. Of course, we're, we're chatting live uh, from the uh, from the Zoomer Radio studios down in Liberty Village. And, uh, of course, the big story uh uh, in Leafland is uh, the signing of William Nylander, uh, so we'll, we'll be chatting about that. We also uh, got uh, pleased to announce uh, shortly after the first break, about 9.15, we'll be talking to John Crick. John is the NFL writer for Post Media News. Um, big spread uh, in every Sunday Sun about his picks for Sunday's games and uh, certainly some NFL football topics we're interested in talking about. Uh, locally, the Buffalo Bills, uh, an update on their season, some uh, stirring day in college football yesterday. I noticed, Naz, uh, you're not wearing your Alabama gear today. Uh, any particular no, reason? No, because it, every team I'm, I'm cheering for <laughs> is, keeps winning, so I don't need it. So you don't want to put the hex yeah, on it, do right. you? Uh, Alabama's winning, the Bills are winning, the Leafs are winning, the Raptors are winning. winning. Every, they're all winning. Everybody's winning, so uh, we're going we're gonna to keep you in neutral uh, in neutral garb and attire. I do have my leaf <laughs> Oh, you got your leaf cap. Okay, got to keep yeah. that head warm, Naz. That's right. Anyways, uh, certainly, uh, let's get uh, let's get right to it, Naz. Uh, at about uh, 4:55, we were looking. Uh, we used to call it the Air Canada Center, the Air, the ACC. Uh, now it's the uh, Scotia Bank Arena, the SBA. Although I used that acronym yesterday, the SBA, and people had no idea what I was talking about. But because uh, <laughs> I, I uh, uh, at about uh, we were looking at the SBA all day yesterday to see if white smoke was coming out of you the chimneys. You know what? ACC <laughs> flows better, though. It water. certainly does. Yeah. But uh, you know, Scotia Bank paid a lot of money for those rights, so, so I can't I, say ACC. I, I, I guess we have the uh, moral obligation to uh, recognize their investment in that building. And, and call it by its current name, which is the SBA. Anyways, there was uh, there was no white smoke coming out of the chimneys of the <laughs> SBA yesterday till about four fifty five. Uh, the deadline was five p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it's probably easier to pick a pope uh, than to uh, to get William Nylander's uh, signature on uh, on a contract. But uh, lo and behold, Ness, uh at about four fifty-five yesterday afternoon, uh, I was checking the Twitter wires uh, all afternoon. I think the guy who first broke the story was Darren Drager over at TSN. A uh, few minutes to go. Uh, they got his name on his contract. Apparently, William Nylander has, has is on uh, being transported to Toronto and will suit up for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Probably not against Buffalo on Tuesday night. Probably, uh, I guess, I think Detroit, the next game's Thursday. Thursday. Detroit. So it's finally come to pass. Um, 
They uh, left it a little bit late. Uh, this deal was done a week ago, Wally. <laughs> it had to be done. Uh, the basis of the deal was done a week ago. I okay, think. let's let's talk about let's talk a little. But you know what? Uh, we're gonna if we get, we get the opportunity later on in the show, we're gonna open the lines up. I'm sure there's a lot of people who have some opinions about this signing. So if uh, if you're at all disposed uh, later on in the show, we'll uh, probably open up the telephone lines and you can let us know what your opinions are on uh, on the need. Lander signing or anything else you got uh, concerning you in the world of sports. Um, Naz, they're throwing around a lot of numbers. Um, it appears the deal, and you know, the story, the, the complete story still has to come out. The deal seems to have been done at around the $6.9 million, million dollar mark, six years. Um, a lot of, uh, they took advantage of some cap room. Uh, this year, so, so it's front loaded. I think ten million. I don't. I don't want to get into the exact numbers, but the, the, basically the number is let's call it six point nine million dollars. Uh, that's a little bit richer than we would have thought the Leafs' game plan was, which we assumed was in the six to six and a half million dollar range. So if we go by that. Uh, did uh, did Willie uh, win this negotiation, Ness? Yeah, I think he did. I think he really did. Six point nine million is uh, a lot of money for him, and it's just you just notice how they structured it. He didn't lose a cent for not playing, and uh, up till December first, right? Because they they gave him ten point one million dollars this year to offset what he was missing for the first part of the year. So he didn't uh, really uh, lose anything, Nylander. Yeah, um, he. Based on on that analysis, you're correct, Naz. But then the issue then becomes, um, you know, if, if you know, it's it's a mugs game trying to figure out who who wins and loses a negotiation. I guess if both parties are on the contract and both party put uh, pen to paper, I guess they both win the negotiation because they both achieved what they wanted, uh, which was a contract. So the spin will be that they both won. Um, you know, it, it's a negotiation. Uh, came down, quite frankly, to the last couple of minutes, which I I think the interesting story. There's so so many angles to this story that 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 will uh, keep Toronto and uh, Canadian sports writers busy for the next little while. And all uh, I can only imagine uh, some of the sports talk shows tomorrow morning and tomorrow afternoon. Uh, this is going to be fun for a couple of days. Um, but uh, the initial impressions go both ways. Uh, I read Steve Simmons in the Toronto Sun said the Leafs overpaid to get Nylander on a contract. And, you know, I wouldn't have expected any other opinion from Steve Simmons other than that one. Uh, he says, look, why are we paying this guy $6.9 million? Uh, that's significantly more money than uh, McKinnon is making, Pasternak, Shifley, Goudreau, and Barkov. That's pretty five really good players who have achieved things in this league that William Nylander has yet to achieve. Uh, so that's probably not a bad point that uh, that Simmons has taken. And then I, I read another article uh, in the same paper this morning from a good friend of ours, uh, Michael Trakos, who uh, who is suggesting that this is a good contract for the Leafs, that they've got them at a manageable number. Uh, $6.9 million appears to be the manageable number now. Um, 
and they've got them for six years, and uh, they've bulked up, and they're going to take their bulk, not in a physical sense, because Nylander's not that big of a guy, but uh, they, you know, they've bulked up their firepower, and apparently this is the missing piece that's going to get them over the hill to the Stanley Cup. Uh, that's debatable, and time will tell. Uh, so we're seeing both ends of the debate, and this debate's going to go on for years, as long as William Nylander's in Toronto, uh, which is another interesting part of this. Uh, uh, Leafs may have just, you know, they signed him, but it's apparently it's a tradable contract. Yeah, they're, go- they're going for it this year for sure. They can't sign all four guys. I, I did the numbers uh, yesterday, and they can't sign them. They need $95 million in cap room to sign all these guys. That's going at Austin Matthews signing for 11 to $12 million. And uh, Marner signing for, for eight to nine million. That takes up ninety-five million. Adding Gardner and the rest of them that they need to sign. There's no way they can keep all four guys. They can do it this year because they have the cap room. Yeah. So. And that's, lo- that's and, logic, that, and that's a totally different debate says, as well. Logical logic says that uh, one of them is going to get traded. Yeah. Talking and about, I think it's Nylander, not Marner, no, Matthews, no. or and we, you know, and uh, we've got to interrupt that debate, and we'll come back to it later in the show. We've got to go to break because we've got to get John Crick on the phone. We want to talk some NFL. We want to talk some football, but uh, listeners, we'll we'll come back to the to this Nylander conversation uh, after our chat with John Crick, and uh, yeah, I think it might be an opportunity, a good opportunity, to open up the lines uh, later on in the show. So we'll uh, we'll be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when we received this letter. My marriage is in a rut. Can you help us spice things up? Yes. Get the Gourmet Special. Two medium gourmet pizzas for just $24.99. He loves Canadian bacon, so he'll order a deluxe. She can order the Italian, because she loves the hot Italian sausage. Everyone's happy. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. 
Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740, downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. Live video streaming, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, John Crick, football writer for Post Media Network. Uh, some great material in the Toronto Sun this morning. Uh, check it out if you want to know what's going on in the and some picks for today's games. Uh, check out John Crick in the Toronto Sun. John, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, guys. How are you? We're doing great. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, pleased to have you. Uh, uh, we have a lot of listeners in Western New York, uh, John, and we want to take advantage of uh, your passion and uh, your uh, your uh, viewpoints on the Bills. Uh, sort of uncertain uh, to get to this point, the Nathan Peterman era uh, is is over in Buffalo, and uh, he's th- in Kansas City now, <laughs> thankfully. But uh, the Bills. Uh, Big, big, big victory against Jacksonville last week. They're not completely yet out of the uh, of the uh, playoff picture, and they've got one of the best defenses in the National Football League. Uh, is there any path to the playoffs for the Buffalo Bills, John? Well, it'd be very. They need a lot of help, right? Any team that's four and seven entering December is going to need some help. <laughs> yeah. You know, first on the agenda, you got to win out. Uh, because I don't think eight and eights in the. Uh, I mean, I suppose it could in the AFC. The second wild card might be eight and eight, but I doubt it. Uh, so they've got to win out. And you look at their remaining schedules of all the competitive teams, and it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. I mean, they beat, defeated Jackson, the, the defending uh, AFC South champion. Uh, granted, they're on a seven-game losing streak now. But you look at at Miami. The Bills. Uh, most people in Western New York. Uh, I've. I, got emails from people this week, as recently as this morning, telling me that, you know, the Bills never play well down in Miami. Well, this decade, they're 4-4, four and four, and they've won three of the last five down there, including last year. So, um, you never know. Uh, the, the Bills could, if they play at Miami, then they're at home against the Jets, and the Jets have, are terrible. They're at home against Detroit the week after that. Detroit's pretty terrible this year. They're at New England. Okay, there's your hard game. <laughs> That's on December 23rd. If they win that one, Merry Christmas, because on Sunday, <laughs> December 30th, the last day of the regular season, they're at home against Miami, which typically plays terribly in uh, cold weather in December. So you never know. So uh, their offense still would have to come to life. It's still ranked one of the worst in the league. Um, we did see good signs last Sunday. A few uh, excellent signs from of progress from rookie quarterback Josh Allen because he did not throw an interception and he for the first time in his first NFL season he was not sacked. Um, those are against that, that attack defense with their great cornerbacks. That's a good sign. Josh Allen seems to have a lot of confidence in himself, doesn't he? He does, and it's warranted. The best thing about him, as I've said um, since the, the summer is that what I see in him is, yes, he has some problems with consistency, and it's all mechanical. He told me in the summer that it's basically like um, he's got a good driver in his golf bag, <laughs> and, he's, and he's good in the long irons. He's got to develop the short iron game. That was kind of the analogy that he'd used, and uh, we saw that even a couple times last week on a couple of short throws. He just misfired. He just has to get himself lined up. But when he can step into a throw, as we saw with a long bomb in a collapsing pocket to uh, the undrafted rookie Robert Foster for that beautiful 75-yard touchdown. He has the ability 
to fling that ball into tight spaces that many quarterbacks in the league wouldn't even consider. And we're talking to John Crick, uh, a football writer for the Post Media Network. Uh, John, you've made the point that uh, uh, offense seems to be taking over the game. And you know, you know, the Bills being top in defense uh, and and having the record is 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 leading to that conclusion. Offenses are dominating defenses in today's NFL. Two point, two points. Uh, we've got a a, um, a generation of young quarterbacks that are excelling. Uh, almost, almost immediately out of college or soon thereafter, uh, which, which seems to be different than than perhaps in the past. And so I'll ask you to comment on on the offense versus defense debate, and then after that, are things going to change when the weather gets cold and they've got to play in the snow? Hmm. Answer the first question. Absolutely, this is an offensive league now, and it has come about quite quickly. Uh, early last season, I believe it was week three, somewhere in that nature, I wrote a story on how scoring was down and was on pace for the worst year since the early 90s. That was last year. <laughs> <laughs> That's inconceivable this year because it's on pace for the highest scoring uh, season in the history of the league, 99 years almost. Uh, it is all offense, and it, you're right, the quarterbacks are. There does seem like there are more good quarterbacks because there are. Mike Mayock, the uh, the great draft analyst for NFL Network, uh, I interviewed him at midseason, and he said as recently as three, four, five years ago, he said, if you asked around the league, how many quarterbacks are there that you can win a Super Bowl with? He said, maybe you'd get 10, 11. Maybe. He said, now it's over 20. So you could actually win a Super Bowl with X quarterback, whoever. That's how quickly and how um, how dynamically a lot of these young quarterbacks are playing. It's all encapsulated, I believe, in Kansas City quarterback uh, Patrick Mahomes, who in his second year, but first year of starting, he had one token start at the end of last season in a, in a meaningless game that wouldn't affect the Chiefs' playoff spot. Uh, that was his token start last year, but he replaced Alex Smith this year, and he has had one of the most dynamic passing seasons in the, in the history of the league. He represents this new wave of bold passers, uh, and to just put a, a, a final uh, cherry on top of that cake, Gil Brandt, the longtime uh, Dallas Cowboys talent evaluator, who's still in his 80s and, and doing some great assessments, he says that it's because of a lot of these kids in the South and in the Southwest and the West are playing spring seven-on-seven ball, and they're all passing more. It used to be high schools would win with the dominant programs or win with running games. He said, well, now they're throwing more as kids. They're throwing more in high school. They're throwing more in college, and they're coming to the NFL – having maybe thrown, who knows, whatever, three, four, five-fold more passes going into the NFL than quarterbacks just as recently as maybe 10 years ago ever did. So you've got all these more experienced quarterbacks that are just more bold and know how to throw. John, two big games today, L.A. Chargers and the Steelers, Minnesota, and New England. Assess both matchups, please. The Chargers... Steelers game tonight is really something else. I had a feature today, uh, this weekend, actually, in Post Media newspapers talking about the Chargers. They are the everybody's other team. They aren't the most celebrated team in the league. They aren't the most celebrated team in the AFC. They aren't the most celebrated team in their own division, the AFC West, because the Chiefs are. And they're not even the most celebrated team in their own city because the Rams are. <laughs> they are under the radar, as anybody has ever been, as a team entering December with an 8-3 and record. But if they defeat the Steelers tonight, they'll be up to 9-3, and 
there's no reason, and because they play the Chiefs in two weeks, that they couldn't win that division, and hardly anybody is talking about it. Uh, they're without their star running back, uh, Melvin Gordon, whom I spoke with last week uh, for the interview this weekend. Um, but he's like, hey, you know, people are we're just going to have to keep proving it to people. That's the attitude that they have. And Philip Rivers, their quarterback, like many of these older quarterbacks, is having statistically his best season in the NFL. But we know about the other ones, but because they're in, they're just in the shadow, in the shade, uh, most people don't know and realize that Rivers is having a fantastic season. This is their first primetime game tonight. I'm excited to see what they can do against the Steelers in a game that means a lot to both teams. And you said uh, we've got Minnesota, New England. Was that the other game? That was the other one, yep. Yeah, that's 425. That is really intriguing to me because the, the Patriots offense, is all, Brady has only looked like Brady, quote-unquote, this season, when he has had Melvin Gordon, or sorry, Josh Gordon, their wide receiver, uh, as well as Rob Gronkowski, the tight end, and um, Julian Edelman, when those three are in the lineup, then his statistics and his in that offense is humming as we have come to know them uh, this decade especially. But when one of them is out, they're not as good. He should have all three today, and that's going against a Minnesota team with Kirk Cousins, the guy who got the $84 million fully guaranteed three-year contract, uh, coming from the Redskins, he's really had a fantastic game last Sunday night in defeating the Green Bay Packers. So he's hot. Uh, it could be a, a shootout kind of a game. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see. The most important factor I think in that game is going to be if Minnesota can get a pass rush with just their four down linemen as they did last week against Green Bay. If they do that, they can drop seven coverage and that can foil Brady. John, is there any team sneaking up on uh, potentially going to the Super Bowl that started slow and is really moving now? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, you know, this one team that I think is the most surprising team in the NFL this year after they lost so many of their veteran stars, and that is the Seattle Seahawks. They're six and five. They're in the hunt for uh, a wild card spot in the NFC. They're not going to unseat the Rams. Uh, but Seattle, with their defense playing well, and with Russell Wilson, who um, still doesn't get as much love as he should as one of the the most dynamic, prolific quarterbacks in the league. He's got a running game this year. He hasn't had to be a one-man show on offense. Who knows? If they get into the playoffs, they've got some experienced players there that know how to win in the playoffs. Not as many as they used to have, of course. But that team probably is the, would be the biggest surprise playoff team. If they can get in, then I'd say, watch, well, keep an eye on them. Uh, John, uh, just a couple more minutes. Uh, we won't keep sure. you much longer. And uh, we always have got to take the opportunity. We're getting into December. Weather's getting colder. In some locations, the games will change a little bit. Uh, if you were to, if you were to uh, put your crystal ball out now, um, who's who's going to make a run and who's going to end up in the who's which two teams in the Super Bowl? Well, before the season, I picked the Saints and the Patriots, and I guess I have to. That's say pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. I think I think the Patriots was not exactly going out on a long limb uh, this decade, that was it. But with the Saints, even I didn't think they would be this good, and I didn't think anybody did. I mean, they might not even realize. I mean, they, yes, they had that clunker game, but it was on Thursday night, and uh, the Thursday night game seemed to have little impact as far as takeaways for the whole season. So they lost at Dallas. They did one ten in a row. They were due for a loss. They were due for a clunker. Fine. So we'll see if that game affects them going forward. I doubt it because they have everything. That is a team that has a solid offensive line that can run block and pass protect. They've got Drew Brees, of course, who as he approaches age 40 in a few weeks <laughs> um, is just having 
probably statistically the best season in NFL history. When you look at his completion percentage, it's over 75%. No one's ever been over 71% or 72% in the history of the league. It's just he is blowing the doors off everything, and there's no reason to think that they can't get their groove going again next week and keep it going. So I would say the Saints would be the team to beat for everybody. Uh, John, uh, before we let you go, uh, yeah. Naz and I are both uh, passionate uh, uh, NCAA college football guys. Uh, I'm proudly wearing my Fighting Irish pullover this morning. Naz, uh, usually in, in here with his Alabama gear, uh, that, that's where that's where we line up. And uh, Naz, uh, in in in, uh, and we're we're both old timers. We're both Zoomers. We've been around for a while, and uh, I I I got the best of it in uh, in our younger years. But Naz is getting the best of me in our later years. Uh, who, who's the best of everybody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who are you talking about here? Anyways, last six national championship in ten years or something this year. Yeah, right? it's unbelievable. But uh, I don't know if you got an opportunity to watch the game uh, last night. I, I saw I saw most of it. Alabama and Georgia, and Georgia gave them a yeah. scare. Uh, which which for the first time for the first time this year, I saw something. If the if the if everything rolls the right way, there is a path to beating the Crimson Tide. Um, uh, it's going to be difficult, but give me some hope. Does does Notre Dame have a chance? Well, I, actually, about 25 years ago, I wrote a book on the history of the Michigan-Notre Dame series. and uh, I've, So I know Notre Dame's uh, past very, very well. Um, I'm a Michigan guy. Uh, but uh, at any rate, uh, and congrats on beating Michigan in week one. This, week. That was well this year, that was well-deserved. But look, the Bama team, we saw both in the championship game last year and in, that eight, in the SEC championship game yesterday that when they have their backs against the wall, they don't have much experience in being behind. That's the amazing thing. A lot of teams that dominate as they have, they hadn't lost by, what, uh, less than 20 points all year? That's correct. You correct. think that when they got in a tight game that, you know, well, do they know how to win? Yeah. <laughs> they get the backup quarterback in there, and he just like they did last year in the, in the reverse order between Hertz and Tua, uh, and he goes out there and wins them the game. Uh, that is impressive. That is what Nick Saban is doing. He has the most talent. Everybody understands that. But you can have the most talent and not have great coaching and, and continually stub your toe. Let's look at the John Cooper era at Ohio State. You can have great talent, but uh, you can always flub in the big games, and Saban doesn't. So uh, to beat them, Notre Dame's offense, um, with Book at quarterback, they definitely have a, would have a chance to run up some points. Um, and Notre Dame's defense is probably still, people don't talk enough about that defensive line for Notre Dame. And it's teams that have solid defensive lines that can force Alabama to punt because they generally are pretty conservative on offense and games strategically. So I would think that they this time, if they played Bama in the playoffs, as opposed to a few years ago, but this time they could actually give them a good game just because of how stout their defensive line is. Uh, John, you have time for one more question? Sure do. Yeah, John, uh, I go down to Alabama every year and I, in the last five years, and I've never seen a quarterback like Tua. What, what, do you, what is your assessment of Tua as a quarterback? He's been fantastic. Um, I mean, he's been hurt, so we haven't even been able to see the full Tua for about the last half of the season. Um, he is fantastic. I can't even pronounce his last name, and I won't try. <laughs> <laughs> I gave <laughs> I up a long time ago. College football to get that yeah. ingrained in my head. He is fantastic, but he is only in his second year out of high school. Incredible. So he is not eligible for the NFL draft for until the 2020 NFL draft. Wow. So for another year, he's got to come back. And it looks like he'll go first from what everybody's saying, right? 
Oh, I would think. But you never know. See, you, got, you remember Matt Barkley at USC? In Matt Barkley. Oh, wow. Played two weeks ago yeah. for the Bills. Yeah. You guys remember him. He was yeah. fantastic at USC. Everybody said, go out, go out, go out. You're going to be the number one overall pick. Now, that was before the NFL talent evaluators put them through the, the assessment grinding oh, mill yeah. <laughs> and figure out all their, their uh, weaknesses and whatnot. So he might not have ended up being number one. But what happened was he went back to USC with lesser uh, surrounding talent and didn't have a good year. He was selected first overall, or first in the fourth round on day three of the NFL draft. And as you saw a few weeks ago for the Bills, he's only been a journeyman. This is his third team, and I think it was only like an eighth career start when he played against the Jets uh, a few weeks ago. You never know if you stay that one year too long, whether it helps you or hurts you. Uh, we've been talking to John Crick, uh, f- a football writer, Post Media Network. John, uh, just to let you know, every Sunday morning I pick up my Sunday Sun before I come down here and I flip it to uh, to straight up. It's uh, to our <laughs> listeners. Uh, two, it's a two-page spread in the Toronto Sun. John gets me ready for NFL Sunday. He breaks down every single game. It's the best material you can find if you want to know what's going on oh, wow. Sundays in the NFL. Uh, John, uh, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Always enjoy coming on. Thanks, guys. appreciate it. Thanks so much, John Crick. Uh, Naz, uh, Bama last night, as John pointed out, uh, yeah, they, they just, they just, they find a way to win. It just, it's, it's unbelievable. Like last year, uh, in the, in, in, in the, in the final game, uh, with 2-0 and that, you know, that throw and last night, uh, they had to go to Jalen Hurts. To, re- to he, rescue, he looked quite good. You know, it's like they don't take a step uh, a step back when they when they put him in. And uh, Georgia's got to be absolutely, you know, they got to be beside themselves because that's a game they could have won. Uh, they seem to have things going their way. They scored on three straight possessions. They won the possession battle. They won the yardage battle. Uh, Fromm had a, you know, the the Georgia quarterback was playing, uh, playing, uh, playing the lights out, and they still couldn't beat them. It's just, it's, they were it's playing incredible. They were playing at home, and they're too. playing in the so it's the Mercedes Benz Dome or whatever in, it's called in, in Atlanta, in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. and they still couldn't beat them. Uh, wow, you know, <laughs> give give the tide credit, but. Uh, uh, you know, uh, interesting. They make the decision today. Who's going to be the the four teams? The consensus, obviously, Alabama's in, no question. Clemson is in. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Dame. and Oklahoma. Oklahoma. That's That's my guess. Um, There was some discussion that if Georgia, if Georgia um, uh, managed to keep the game close against uh, against uh, Alabama, that they could possibly. Uh, squeeze out that fourth seed. It just doesn't make any sense to me. No. Uh, although they're the only team at all that made at Alabama work up a sweat this year. Uh, but Oklahoma looked good against Texas yesterday. They've got some. Uh, they've got some. Uh, they got a quarterback there who can uh, certainly. He's got some pretty quick feet, and uh, they beat a good Texas team yesterday. Uh, you're going to get some uh, people from Ohio State that are going to be upset. Uh, but you know. I don't think Ohio State did enough. I mean, they had a fantastic game against Michigan two weeks ago, which put them back into the discussion. But Oklahoma did what they had to do, so I I can't see any other scenario other than Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and and, 
Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. So it's going to be Alabama against Oklahoma. It's going to be Clemson against Notre Dame. I think we're heading for a battle here, Naz. I so think you and I are going to There's time to recover. Two is hurt, but there's time to recover now. They go. I think they're off for three weeks. Yeah, they're three? playing. I think uh, they're playing at the end of December. Yeah. Oh, so that's even the more first than, game. Yeah. yeah, the first game's in about three three weeks. Three weeks time. So hopefully not, uh, maybe, uh, he maybe gets a healthy. He gets yeah. healthy, and they're playing full strength. But they have an incredible amount of talent, and they got freshman wide receivers that are unbelievable. It's Alabama gets the best players. They do, and it's a recruiting job Six. by uh, Saban. He is God in Alabama. Let me tell oh, you. Oh yeah, he's he's, he's certainly uh, you know who's uh, he's uh, he's created his own legend in Alabama. Of course, uh, the legend of Bear Bryant still. Uh, uh, people uh, revere Bear Bryant still down in Alabama, and that was that Bear whole, Bryant Stadium. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's that whole area, uh, whole, er- whole area, whole era of college football where the uh, where the, you know you think of some of the legends that used to coach some of those teams in the '60s and '70s. You had Bear Bryant in Alabama. You had uh, you had Era Parsegian in Notre Dame. You had John McKay at USC. You had Woody Hayes at Ohio State. Bo Schembechler in uh, in Michigan. I mean, these uh, these were larger than life figures, and uh, you know now we've got a new era. And uh, Nick Saban certainly is, seems to be he, joining the ranks of of those legends. Nick Saban's the highest paid coach in football. That includes the NFL and every everywhere else. He's the highest paid coach. And in certainly football. well deserved. <laughs> you can't you can't take that. Can't take that away from him. It's funny how John mentioned uh, the uh, New England Patriots and uh, New Orleans Saints playing in the Super Bowl. That would be the two oldest quarterbacks in the NFL. Isn't that something? That's something. Yeah, I'm. Um, I, I've got to be. I've got to be honest. Uh, I mean, the Patriots haven't impressed me this year. Uh, they seem to have taken a step back. They've had. Uh, I don't. I don't even want to call it internal dissension, but um, they don't seem like the same team. Um, uh, they're they're all, and if they don't have that home field advantage path to the Super Bowl, I don't see the I don't see the Patriots uh, being able to get it done this year. Um, the, you know the they've they've always managed to take advantage of home field advantage in the AFC final, uh, and it doesn't seem like they're headed that way this year. And uh, I. I you know, I don't think there's been very. I mean, they've had a significant amount more difficulty winning the AFC final on the road than at home. So I, I think that where it, that's where it may break down. And uh, and you know, Brady seems to be getting bounced a little bit more this year than than usual. So he's uh, not throwing down the field as much either. That yeah. means his arm is going, in, and that's that's natural. Yeah. That's I, natural. Yeah, I, I gotta. You know what? Uh, I like the Steelers. They're, uh, uh, you know, they seem to be, uh, uh, they seem to be w- winning games in the right ways. So they've gotten over their early season difficulties. They've gotten over the Levon uh, Bell uh, distraction. Uh, Roethlisberger's a money quarterback. Uh, watch out for them. The Chiefs. Look what the Chiefs have to deal with after well, you know they, that's they all that got this nonsense with Kareem Hunt yeah. um, and and all that. So. Um, you know, it's it's gonna be interesting, uh, but um, the Dallas Cowboys have been impressive in the national in the, in the NFC. 
they, they are the team to, to me that is coming on, and I don't like the Cowboys at all, but personally, <laughs> but they are coming on, and they could be a force when it comes down to it. Well, you know, at the end of the season, you know, December football can become different, uh, especially when some of these indoor dome teams have to go play in some of the cold weather locations. And, you know, if, if Pittsburgh manages to uh, squeeze out uh, home field advantage and they've got that path and, you know, and it's minus 20 degrees in Pittsburgh, you know, some of these teams that are used to playing in uh, controlled climate conditions may may have a little bit more difficulty. So they, the nature of the game changes, right? Um so it uh, should be interesting. Then, of course, it always the teams get hot at the end of the year. Which team's yeah. healthy? Yeah. Which team's got uh, their key players rested and in, in good physical condition? All those things become important. Anyways, it's time to go to the break. We're, as soon as we come back from the break, we'll think we'll uh, we'll open up some phone lines. Uh, just before we go, we'll uh, we'll give you the numbers. If you're uh, interested in calling in, uh, we're going to have a little bit more chat, Naz and I, about Nylander and about the Leafs, and uh, perhaps we'll get to the Raptors and the Sabres. Uh, so certainly love to take your calls. 416 1-866-740-0740. 416-360-0740. 3600740 Be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I realised that unlike pizza, you can enjoy Pizzaville's authentic panzerotti with just one hand. Pizzaville and its entities owned in whole or in part have no interest in knowing what you do with your other hand while you're consuming one of our panzerotti. Seriously. Get two authentic Italian panzerotti with cheese and sauce for just ten forty nine. One for each hand. Pizzaville Stone Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues. Price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too. But the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Bridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. 
Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM 740, downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. On the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. We'll be taking your calls. Uh, number is 416-360-0740. Toll free, one 740 Vic from Rexdale, how are you this morning, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? We're doing fantastic, Vic. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I wanted to let you know, Claude's my... One of my best friends in the paint business. <laughs> he's a big supporter of our show. He's been, with, he's, it. He's, he's been with us a long time. The best paint store going. It certainly is. Uh, anyway, tell I us. Wanted, uh, yeah, go ahead, Vic. What's on your mind? Well, if, if you don't mind, I wanted to ask you for one question. I asked your guy a couple of weeks ago, and I caught you saying something about a, a player that played football, hockey, and I think lacrosse. Yeah, no, question. it's a trivia question. Uh, one of the great trivia questions, because we call it Google-proof. Uh, the question is, which player played in the CFL, the NFL, and the Ontario Hockey League, uh, Major Junior A? That was the question. Well, I think I know. Well, go ahead. And I tell you, I was there at the game, one game, and I'm going to explain to you. I think it's Jerry James. Uh, Jerry James, I don't know if he played in the NFL, did he? Who did he play with in the NFL? He played in the CFL, and he played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's right. He played for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. B- b- the Blue Bombers. He may have been, um, he played That's CFL. Possible. There could be two, right? Uh, I don't remember Jerry James playing in the NFL, though. Okay, now let yeah. me just for a moment. Yeah. I, I was, I, I'm 76. Yes, sir. I was at the hockey game. I was 12 years old. Yep. He was playing with the Toronto Marlboros, and uh, yep. In those days, there was no helmets. Oh, that's a long time ago. <laughs> and it certainly was. Playing, they were playing the Oshawa Generals, and the guy that he what happened to Steve Chapman that played for Oshawa, he hit him over the head with a stick, and the blood was just rush, gushing out of this guy's. This this I saw. I witnessed it. Yeah, it certainly. Uh... Certainly, hockey was a little bit a uh, little bit different in those days. Uh, any comments, Vic? Any comments well, on the William Nylander situation? Well, I'll tell you, I think it's just a big blow up. And uh, another thing too is that um, uh, right from the first game of the season, uh, I watched uh, that game, and uh, what I noticed was uh, the refereeing. They were giving uh, cheap penalties to the other team. So my point is that uh, I said this is this is crazy. I said because you know uh, Leafs is their power plays power play is murder. I mean, there's you can't go on the ice with four players with them. And uh, and I said there's something ain't right here. And then I watched a couple more games and it was the same thing happening. If the game was became, became like you know one goal difference. The, you can always see what's happening in the game with the referee. They're always giving Leafs the best of their game because they know with power play they got to they're going to kill the team. So that I don't. There's something isn't correct there. I know they're they're trying to get a Stanley Cup team, and uh, there's somebody in there that's making things go. I can't say things. 
on the air like that. Yeah, but. okay. Vic, we're going to let you we're going to let you go there. We're going to thank you very much for your call. I'm going to turn it over to Naz. Uh, Vic, thanks. Uh, we appreciate uh, thanking our sponsor Claudio. He's been a big supporter of the of the show for a long time and, and as you say, it's the best paint store in Canada. Vic, thanks so much for calling us. We appreciate He's it. He's got a great show. Thank you. Uh, Naz- Jerry, Jerry James did not play in the NFL. I don't think he played in the NFL, but that's uh, you know our but, caller. Yeah, I got to give him credit because memory. is uh, there he he brought up uh, Vic brought up the example of a, there's a few players that played in the CFL and the NHL, and Jerry James is the is the is the big example Conacher, of that. Conacher was a football player too, right? Lionel Conacher, oh, but, yeah, back, and, back and lacrosse the, player, lacrosse player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess we should answer the question, Dean, <laughs> Dean Dorsey. <laughs> Dean Dorsey. Dean Dorsey, which uh, we remember him as a place kicker for the uh, Ottawa Rough Riders and the Toronto Argonauts, and he was a, he was a, he was a damn good place kicker. Uh, also played with the Green Bay Packers, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, also. Philadelphia Eagles down in the CFL, and long forgotten. Played as a backup. Uh, he was a backup goalie with the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds uh, back in 1975-76, and that's 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 certainly the trivia question that uh, stumps everybody. It's it's uh, well, it's as I said, as I said, it's Google proof. Anyways, uh, anybody else wants to call in? Once again, those numbers are four one six three six zero zero seven four zero one eight six six seven four zero. Four seven four zero. Back to the William Nylander discussion as uh, about who got uh, who got the better part of that trade. Um, I, I think that's I think that's an irrelevant question. Um, uh, it's a trade signing. Sorry, uh, who got the better part of the signing? Uh, it's an irrelevant question because I I guess at the end of the day, if they both put pen to paper, they both got what they wanted. Um, uh, William Nienander got six point nine million dollars, uh, and and probably started at eight million, and then uh, the Leafs probably started at six million. I think psychologically, the Leafs needed to not have a seven in front of the the the, the, the ultimate signing. Um, your thoughts on that? Well, I I think Nylander won won the. The the deal six point nine million is a great salary since Pasternak has proven himself more and he's making less than he is right so. Anyways, we'll go to uh, we've got uh, we've got Kevin from Buffalo on the line and that brings us to a totally different topic which is of course the Buffalo Sabers they're, game, they're having big game Tuesday big game night, Tuesday night yeah. Buffalo and Toronto two uh, two uh, looks like there's a, a heated rivalry de- developing between the Leafs and the Sabers so. Uh, Kevin, how are you this morning? Tell us about uh, tell us about how things are going on down there with the Sabers. Well, good morning, gentlemen, and a very early happy holidays to to the both of you and your fine radio station. And gentlemen, would you ever think that this upcoming Tuesday evening, <laughs> a, a great rivalry, Maple Leafs and Sabers? And I just wanted to add this past week. Two great names for hockey. In fact, this afternoon, the New York Rangers are honoring Vic Hatfield, a great Ranger tradition name. And this past week, Ricky Middleton of the Bruins. And gentlemen, as much as hockey is exciting today, I, boy, I look back to those, those two names I just mentioned and players, and what a great game it was back then. But to wrap up, I'm so glad 
the Maple Leafs and Sabres are playing well. Mr. Nylander now joining the Maple Leafs. And let's hope it continues and it can be just a nice middle of the season leading into the playoffs. And I enjoy your show very much. You do a wonderful job. Listen, Kevin, it's always a pleasure to hear from you. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. And we're going to, you know, the Sabres keep this up. We'll continue. We'll keep talking about the Sabres, uh, certainly. And uh, I know Naz is uh, chomping at the bit here to, to talk a little bit about that. Kevin, as always, thanks so much. Enjoy your day. Thank you, gentlemen, and the very best to you. Thank you. Naz. The Toronto Maple Leafs, if they were to play in the playoffs today, would be playing the Buffalo Sabres in the first round. Just to tell you something. Wouldn't what ha- that be something? What a heck of a series yeah, that would be. Bring us up to speed here, Naz. Where'd the Sabres come from? Um, um, you know, they traded. Well, they traded. I mean, they have some great young talent. Jack Eichel is, you know, you know, in Toronto, we, you know, we tend to focus on. Marner and Matthews, and of course Jack Eichel's part of the. Dalene Eichel, Cotton, Jeff Skinner, Reiner, with 20, twenty goals. So the Skinner, and they've got uh, I, I I can't even remember the goalie's name, but apparently Carter Hutton. Carter Hutton is uh, having having a season. Uh, can Sabers Sabers going to continue? They're going to keep this going. Sabers should make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to finish in the top two, but they're going to make the playoffs for sure. And the super kid, uh, what, what's your impression? of Dali? very, very sharp. I saw him play the other night. He's very, very good. And he's only going to get better. He's going to be a great defenseman when the time comes. So we're certainly looking forward to this developing Leaf, uh, Leaf uh, Sabre rivalry. It starts Tuesday night and, um, and then uh, should be, uh, as usual, down at the, uh, uh, the Buffalo, uh, Buffalo Arena. It's probably going to be half-filled with Leaf fans. Uh, it's Tuesday night. I can't make it down there, but if it was a weekend game, we'd make the trek down the, trek down the QEW to watch that. Uh, 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 getting back to Nylander, because uh, this this story uh, this story's going to be around for a while because now he's 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 going to play the microscope's going to be on him, um, and, and as you made the point that this deal was done, you seem to be of the opinion that this deal was done uh, a while ago. The base of this deal was done November twenty third. Mark Savard pointed it out on the Fan Five Ninety. He said that the Leafs could sign Nylander at six point nine million dollars. Then I've that got, came out a hundred percent true. Okay, so either either uh, Mark Savard has inside information, or he's got a crystal ball that uh, that works that has, works. I think he has inside that works pretty efficiently. So if he has, inf- l- let me tell you my concern, uh, or my comment, my observation, more than a concern. Um. Nylander's agents being quoted as saying that at 4:30 yesterday afternoon he made a call and said, "Are we going to?" He made a call to Dubas. If I understand correctly, they were in the Leaf Brass were in Minnesota yesterday. They were all in Minnesota. They're all yeah. in Minnesota. So they're in Minnesota uh, at 4:30 uh, yesterday afternoon Eastern Standard Time. And as, Naz, as you're well aware, these contracts have to be filed with the NHL office by 5 p.m. There's no tolerance level for that. Uh, if you're late, you're late. Too bad. Yep. And that's happened before. If I'm not mistaken, refresh Bill my Waters. memory. Did it happen with Waters? I think it happened with Dale Talon in Chicago, didn't it? Where he uh, there was a problem with his fax machine, and the yep. thing the thing got in ten minutes late. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm going by memory here. My 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 details may be a little bit off. 
but he was 10 minutes or five minutes late, and the NHL wouldn't accept it. They didn't care whether his fax machine was out of order or whatever. It's irrelevant. It's a hard and fast rule. So you're, 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 you're negotiating. You're still trying to do this at 4.30 yesterday afternoon. Um, and the, the risk of that, to me, is, is monumental if you really want to do a deal on both sides. Because, uh, and I, I don't know the NHL bylaws. I'd like to see some of the sports talk guys ask somebody from the NHL on some of the shows tomorrow. Um, this question. In terms of process, what happens? What happens if the if uh, if Nylander's uh, agent and Dubas make a deal at quarter to five yesterday, and for whatever technological reason they can't they can't submit that deal or they can't transmit it to the NHL office, whether by way of a power failure, whether by way of a breakdown in the internet, whether by way of anything. Any other reason that for some reason in that hotel in Minnesota, uh, did the Leafs have a backup system? Did you know what happens if they're not able to, f- to get that through? I'm I'm I, I'm really curious about the. I don't know the answer to that question. Somebody should. But ask. I'm really curious. I'm really curious. I'd like somebody to ask that question, and I'd like an answer. Like to what extent? What risks did they take by leaving this thing to the? proverbial last minute uh if they had this deal done two weeks ago like you suggest or a week ago, week ago. then leaving it till four thirty yesterday or quarter to five or as darren drager suggests like six minutes to go th- that to me is in- is so is just infinitely reckless I think the deal was done a lot earlier than that so why sit on it ness give me I, give I me a, give me a theory why I, sit I don't on have it? a theory but it's funny, you know, the Columbus fan that said that it would, they'd be a press conference at 5 o'clock was correct. He just didn't have the right day. It was 5 <laughs> o'clock yesterday, not on uh, the 25th, I think, of November. So if you think this deal was really done two weeks ago, as, as Mark Savard suggests, um, that, that, that theory doesn't make any sense what, what to me Mark either. What Mark Savard said was... They would si- they could sign Nylander at six point nine million dollars. That's what he said, and that came out a hundred percent true. So he did have he did have some inside information, for sure. And you're suggesting is that the Leaf Brain Trust had they, had agreed they, to that, that? So they had moved from their six million dollar number. Yes. Uh, interestingly enough, we talked about Michael Trakos and Steve Simmons' uh, comments on on the contract. Don Cherry says the Leafs caved in. And they're paying Nylander. Absolutely, they're paying Nylander way too much money. One of these four players is not going to be a Leaf next year. It's going to be Nylander, Marner, Matthews, or Tavares. And next I year or the or next year, because they will not be able to get it under the cap. They will not be able to do it. You well, got to figure Matthews is going to make eleven to twelve well, million dollars, right? Yeah, you got to be least. in Tavares, and Tavares is. Range, if not more. No, well, they're talking. Marner is going to be between eight and nine for sure. Maybe that's on the low side. You know what? And what the the media has should be should be, they should be thanking the media because Marner from has gone from a six million dollar player to a ten million dollar player to some of the Toronto sports media uh, people, and uh, 
It's lovely playing in Toronto because you get overrated too, right? <laughs> we'll leave that discussion for another day. Anyways, it's been uh, it's been an interesting weekend in Leafland. Uh, we, they got Marner on the contract. Uh, should be some interesting discussions in Sports Talk Radio and tomorrow in the guys, in, in the coming guys. Week. It'll be uh, Nylander that are that is gone for sure. Okay, well, uh, Naz said it here first. To all our loyal... Uh, all the other guys have been saying Elon is going to get signed and get traded, so I, I agree with them. Okay, Naz, we got it all on. Uh, we got it all recorded. We'll, we'll bring this one back. Anyways, to all our loyal listeners, Naz is usually never wrong. Have a fantastic week.